Welcome to the Codependent Me Podcast. I'm Tamara Shaw, a recovering codependent, a codependent life coach, and the co-author of God Turned Mommy's Wine Into Water. This podcast was created to increase the awareness of codependency and to give a more holistic look at the journey and healing of codependence. Welcome to the Codependent Me podcast. I'm your host, Tamala Shar. I have a special guest today, Danielle Burnock. She is an author, a speaker, a coach. She does it all. <laughs> and we love it. We welcome you today. Thank you so much for being on the show. Well, thank you for having me, Tamala. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to get talking here. I mean, we were, even our chat at the beginning was so much fun. I had to hold back from sharing stories like about names. Awesome. I mean, we can we can get into that or I mean, how, however you want to do it, how we can lean into it in a little bit. That's great. But I thank you so much. Uh, we, of course, were matched on Podmatch and I, I like to give them a shout out because I don't know how they came up with that, but it is amazing. I've met the most amazing people through Podmatch. Oh, and so <laughs> it, it's it's amazing, right? I mean, I just love it. And it's, I always tell people it's a, it's a dating uh, app for podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> dating app. I love that. It's like a dating app, but it's just for podcasters, interviews and interviewees. I love it. It's, it's just, I've never seen anything like it. I love it. And they do a great job matching people, you know? Oh, and of course you have a podcast. I want to make sure I talk about that, the Victoria Souls. So, but I want to go ahead and hand it off to you because again, the energy is there. I've had such a good time talking to you already. So I want the audience to be able to, you know, enjoy it as well. So tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. It's like, where to start a little bit about myself. Well, I'm Danielle Burnock. Um, I almost went right into my spiel that I do when I do my lives. I'm from this and I do this. <laughs> you can go right away. <laughs> Oh, well, I always say I'm Danielle Burnock from DanielleBurnock.com. Love yourself from Survive to Thrive, that lady on the internet who loves you. <laughs> I became that lady on the internet who loves you just not long before the pandemic broke out. Oh. And it really was leaning into love is my core message because I suffered childhood trauma. And it was through the power of love, through the power of the love of God, that I got healed from it. It was a very long journey, (laughs) very, very long journey. And there's many reasons for that, but the entire story is in my first book, Emerging with Wings. If you're interested in reading the long story, I will share a bunch of little pieces here, but I grew up um, suffering much childhood trauma, not realizing that it was trauma, not calling it trauma for a long time because I dismissed it. I wasn't sexually abused. I was not beaten like Tyler Perry. I wrote about him in my, my, sec, my book, Because You Matter. He was beaten unconscious. I, you know, so I, I compared myself to, you know, I hadn't been through a typhoon and it wasn't, you know, an earthquake. I didn't lose everything. So it was like, wasn't big enough. So, so you didn't just suck it up it and get over trauma. it. You know, yeah, I didn't own it as trauma. In fact, I didn't even know the word trauma 
until after I was married for a while and I was walking around a Christian bookstore and came across a book with the title trauma, the pain that stays. I'm like, well, I know the pain that stays. <laughs> is that what you call yeah. that? <laughs> that what trauma is? <laughs> is that what that is? I didn't know that. A lot of people, they don't know what trauma is. And that's one of the things I am wanting to do is to help people understand what it is because people think it's an event. It's something terrible that happens to someone. And then they start measuring it. Is it a big T? Is it a little T? Did, you know, what, you know, where were you? And then they just start qualifying it. It's, it's almost trauma, like they feel as though it has to be catastrophic, but it doesn't. It doesn't. Trauma is not the event. Trauma is the wound in your brain, in your heart, in your soul. It's what is left behind after what I came across another way someone had to saying, and I love this, an exposure to trauma. They called it a trauma exposure. That's good. I love that. Because there are people who are exposed to a traumatic type of event and they walk away untraumatized because wow. they have a level of resilience because of how they perceived it. Mm -hmm. And someone else could be absolutely devastated. Devastated. Yes. I learned doing research for my books, the trauma response people, when they show up at a catastrophic event, like a plane crash or something like that, the people that they know need the most help are the ones that are silent. The ones that are crying or complaining or wailing or whatever, they're doing something audible. Mm -hmm. They are at least responding to yes. that. The ones that are silent, that they've disassociated in some capacity. Yes. And I've been through disassociation a number of times. I didn't realize that. I didn't know that's what it was called until I was writing my book, Emerging with Wings. In fact, when I wrote that book, I only knew the first half of the book. <laughs> I was writing the book. I'd been told you should write a book. You should write a book. You should write a book because things I'd grown in and how my husband and I got together was quite a supernatural thing. I only know two other people that went through something like that. So that's in the book, a whole chapter. But I didn't write the book for a very, very long time until through a series of events, which I explained in the book of how I got there. And I put myself into counseling to write the book when it became time it was suddenly time one day it was this one day today was the day I'm starting today don't know what I'm doing don't know how to write a book. No clue, nothing just I started that day. It was September 29th, 2012. I still remember. Wow. And I put myself in counseling because I knew I was going to be revisiting some of that pain that stays. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. What I didn't know was how much I had not processed still. Mm. A lot of it was because I didn't know it was there. It was hidden trauma. It was unconscious trauma. It was something that I was denying to be trauma. Right. Because it you didn't know how to identify it at the time. It was, it was through talking with my counselor. Yeah, I was nonchalantly bringing up something. Well, I, you know, always felt like I didn't belong in my family and I never really felt loved. And, you know, I was just talking like this about that. And, you know, I thought I was adopted and she's like, why? I'm like, I don't know. I blew it off as nothing. She said, something went terribly wrong. I'm like, really? Yeah. And so we had to talk about that. And she helped me work my way through that. 
And it wasn't until two years ago, I learned the term for what that is. As I do more of what I do to help people, I learn more of these fancy uh, terms. You don't need to know the terms to heal. Right. All you need to do to heal is to refuse to be broken. I believe that you don't, I did a book. I didn't know how to do a book. I just was committed to doing a book. So I had to learn how to do that. I didn't know what front matter was, back matter. I, the, all these different pages in it. I had no idea, but I taught myself so that I would do it. And I didn't get any help because of the trauma in my life. Wow. Yeah. I was afraid to let anyone touch it. I refused to go through the public channels of having it published through a traditional publisher because back then it's different than it is now. Back then they would buy your story and then they owned it. And then I could never rewrite it. Then mm -hmm. they owned my story. Right. I'm like, no, that's okay. <laughs> it's this mine. is my story. I lived it. Good, bad, or ugly. <laughs> this is, this is what's happening. I don't know what I'm doing. God, you got to help me. And he did. It was phenomenal. The things that I learned going through that processing the trauma while I was writing the book, going through the counseling at the same time, and getting to the bottom of some things that were just life altering. There's a quote in my book, uh, Emerging with Wings, that went viral. It was a revelation to me. When I wrote it down, it was like I was processing that denial of my trauma because, you know, it wasn't a plane crash, it wasn't a tsunami, it wasn't a, you know, all these terrible things. It wasn't, you know, the Sandy Hook you know, right. episode that took Events, place. Yes. I mean, every horrible thing that was out there, I compared my life to, but trauma is personal. Trauma yes, is yes. personal. It does not disappear if it is invalidated. If you ignore it, the silent screams continue internally heard only by the one held captive until someone enters the pain and hears the screams. Then that's when healing can begin. You have to right. hear the screams. You have to enter the pain. If you ignore the pain, it will just resurface it will consume you. Yes. And I have learned that trauma is not just destructive, it's deadly. You know, it creates diseases and things in people's lives. It's not just bad behaviors, but that's another thing. It's, I was reading an article about how it's a cause of causes. Mm, oh, that's good. Because of the bad behaviors mm -hmm. that people, the poor coping mechanisms, the poor choices that they do because right. they can't deal with the pain. And so they have these behaviors and that creates, you know, a secondary cause like that will create them to have some, you know, sickness or disease because of this behavior. But the suppressing of the emotions attacks the nervous system and attacks mm -hmm. your physical body. It biologically rep manifests in your body. It's a trauma that is unaddressed that's where some people get cancer just from the stress they have not dealt yes. with and people who have dealt with it, then they've gotten healed from these things. And it is really quite phenomenal being healed from trauma will completely change your life. It's, it's wonderful that you are saying this and, and putting that out in the atmosphere because a lot of people don't listen to their bodies. They just don't. Um, they ignore different things. And I love how you say you know, it's when the screams start is when you really, it's when you acknowledge the trauma, you're finally acknowledging it. And when you acknowledge it, you can heal it. 
right? Mm-hmm. So I love that. So um, I know you talked about your book, Emerging with Wings, mm-hmm. but you have another one called Because You Matter. Right. And I see it behind you. But I, at the end of my podcast, I try to remind my listeners that they matter because their story matters, right? Right. So can you tell us a little bit about Because You Matter? Well, that book came about because of, I still have the original sticky note. I was leaving church one day and it's like the spirit of God just spoke that to my heart because you matter, Mm. how to take ownership of your life so you can really live it. So when I got home, I wrote it on a little pink sticky note, which I still have. And I'm like, great. What does that mean? (laughs) I didn't get anything else other than that. Like, so I marinated on that for about six months or so. And it ended up turning into a book and working on it to convey to people to reclaim what rightfully belongs to them, their life. They get one life. God gave them one life and it's up to them how to live it. Their choices are freely given to them by God. And they will get the result of those choices, but that is a free choice and to take ownership of those choices. And in there, the chapters are taking ownership of your value, taking ownership of grace, taking ownership of your courage and taking ownership of all these different areas of your life. And I did the whole book and I had beta readers do it. And they're like, it misses stories. It needs stories. And I interviewed 10 people. I have the stories of 10 other people in their trauma that they went through and how they took ownership of their life. And so how they're thriving in life. And I have some of those stories on my podcast where I interviewed them. A couple of them, we read their story out of that during the shutdown, during the pandemic. Nice. And I have people who they, they lost everything in a house fire. I mean, everything. Wow. Her and her kids escaped with their lives and how she's thriving. She's got, I don't know how many books, like 70 books or something, such a prolific writer. It's like ridiculous, but (laughs) I don't have that many. I can't write that much like her, but it's like, it's like breathing to her. So that's, and then another young man, he, he was going to be, he was an NBA hopeful, but he had some condition in his body and his bones, the bones beneath his knees shattered while he was playing basketball. And he had to reimagine his whole future. I have a gentleman who's 60 something now. He was born with cerebral palsy and undiagnosed Asperger's. He didn't find out he had Asperger's until he was 40. And then he went, oh, that makes so much sense. Now I know why I did this. Now I know why I did. (laughs) But the doctors told his mother he would never walk, get him a wheelchair and put him in a home. She's like, um, no, I don't think so. Not my baby. Uh, this man is what he is today because of his mother. She fought for him to be able to walk, did things. She lost all of her friends because mm-hmm. of the un, uh, the regular kind of way of doing things. She just did things different, but she read up on things and did things. He walks, he drives, he's worked for the Phoenix Suns. He even started doing public speaking a couple of years ago. I love it. That's just, you know, and this is what you can do. If you will take ownership of your life, you reclaim your value, reclaim what I call your God-given greatness. There's greatness Mm -hmm. inside of everyone. And trauma steals that. It rips your sense of value out of your soul. It rips your sense of self away from you, which is why one of the reasons why my process that I use with people is the acronym SELF. It stands for C, expose, love, and free. And you go through that cycle. I take my clients through that cycle in my coaching and in my speaking and my courses and my workshops, going through that cycle layer by layer to get to their thriving life. It's just amazing. It's, 
I wanted I want to bring up the story about my name though because there was a reason yes. why it wasn't just I'm, I've always been fascinated with names and I didn't really realize why because I just I, I didn't realize it was connected to my trauma. I have trauma surrounding my name. I was not born as Danielle Burnack. Well, of course I'm married so I wasn't Burnack anyways, but I, I was I not you. born as Danielle. <laughs> I was born with a different name and that was one of the things that I took to my counselor talking about my name change because in 1988 I legally changed my name after sharing with my mother we had worked to repair our relationship we did not we did not get along so well I had childhood emotional neglect growing up I lost my grandmother I lost my father I lost my brother I had bullying and I have a whole pile of traumas and my name trauma and the trauma that happened at church were my two core traumas that just pretty much obliterated my sense of self. Mm. And my mom and I, we were working, building our relationship together because she reached out. And so I'm like, yes, <laughs> I've written about that also on my website, I've written about that. It's phenomenal. I think that's in my book too, Emerging with Wings. But because um, she suffered trauma. That's, so she was doing the best she knew how. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that. All I knew is I was messed up. (laughs) And, but we started building a relationship together. And one day when she was at my house and I shared that trauma with her of what had happened to me, because I always hated my name. I always hated my name. Growing up, I always hated my name. I hated my name. I hated my name. I hated my name. And I don't think I remembered why until later I remembered the trauma that was associated with it which fed right into that I didn't feel loved by my family and I didn't feel like I belonged. And this young lady who was the coolest kid in school, you know, one of those, the the coolest ones. So they say anything, you know, and it's the end of your life (laughs) kind of thing. Like I can't make it. They don't like me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it was in sixth grade, I believe, but she started chasing me around outside. She was the cousin to my next door neighbor. How that started, I don't know. There's a whole, so much of my childhood I don't remember because I disassociated a lot of the time. And she was chasing me, screaming at me until she finally got in front of my face and was screaming at my, at my face. And my previous name used to be Diane. Okay. And she screamed in my face, do you know why your parents named you Diane? Do you know why your parents named you Diane? And of course, I'm not speaking because I'm terrified. Absolutely. Horrid bully, who's the coolest person in school, has got the deer in the headlights here. She said, because they never wanted you. And so every time they said your name, they were telling you to die. And she started saying, die, Anne, die, Anne. And when I told this story to my counselor, her response was profound to me. She said, why did you believe her? And that's what led me into all the other with the childhood emotional neglect. Dr. Janice Webb has an amazing book. If you've not read it, anyone who's listening to this, if you even think maybe you have childhood emotional neglect, get her book running on empty. In this book, she does it just brilliantly because she has like a case study of a child who was raised by in emotionally nurtured and everything. And so this is what the, this kid goes through the situation. It's a fictitious person he, that she creates. Mm-hmm. And so he goes through this situation. And so he comes home and then a mom, you know, deals with him in a very emotionally responsible, nurturing way. So this is the way would be the best way to handle the situation. 
Well, then she goes through 12 other ways a parent can emotionally neglect their child and uses the same kid in the same situation, but then brings the different response. Oh, I love that. It, it, it's so easy to understand. Oh, and I so I read this book yeah. and one of the, one of the categories, I always bring it up because my parents fit into three of the categories. Okay. But the one that was the biggest was the one that affects, I think so many people, but they refuse to own it. Yeah. See, getting emotional okay. here. It breaks, yeah, it breaks my it, yeah. heart that people won't own it because they will never heal if they won't own it. And that that's a parent who meant well, they meant well, they did the very best they could, right. but they were emotionally neglected as themselves. well. Absolutely. Both of my parents were, both of my parents went through trauma. My mother lost her dad when she was seven. Her mom remarried when she was 12, I believe the stepdad said, I raised my kid. I'm not raising another one. Oh my gosh. My dad lost his sister, his mom and his dad all before he got married and other things. So that's, those are just the surface. Those are the obvious ones, (laughs) but you know, they were emotionally neglected and they did the best they knew how, but it was not enough. Mm -hmm. I have a, a mathematical equation that I put in my book, Emerging with Wings, because it was a revelation to me. And it's another thing that people need to own to heal. No malice does not equal no harm. Because we're like, well, they didn't mean it. Well, they didn't mean it. Well, you know, if I threw a a ball at you and hit you in the head by accident, I didn't mean it. Does that mean you're not injured? Right. It it doesn't make it not hurt. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, that's so true. And I love just, I'm, I'm taking in everything. And I love that you are saying that sometimes, like you said, it, it doesn't have to be the event. It could oh, it's be, not the event. It's what happens. It's how you process it. Right. Or so you don't everyone, process it. So everyone has some type of trauma that was passed to them, probably by someone else who had trauma, because there's a reason that that sixth grader popular girl handled you the way she did. Mm, There's a reason she passed that to you for a reason. And we all, I hope that everyone that's listening to this podcast understands that the reason that it's so important to go ahead and find what that it is, is because you matter. You matter. And then if you can bring it up, I mean, I've gone through things where, oh gosh, now I'm getting emotional. Where if you are, (laughs) if you, if you can recognize it in you and then you talk about it, someone else can recognize something within themselves and maybe heal. And then they'll talk about it. And then someone else, you you know what I mean? Right. Exactly. Continue just like the harm or the trauma can, can go downhill, roll, so can mm-hmm. the healing. If you right. just talk about the healing, talk about the trauma, recognize what the trauma is. And like mm-hmm. you said, speak on it. Re- you know, yeah. and that's what I try to tell my children all the time. If you recognize something, give it a name. Mm-hmm. You have to give it a name. Right. And then you can acknowledge it and then you can move forward. 
right? Exactly. This is that's good. how I ended up with my book, A Bird Named Pain. That's the whole process. The book, my book, A Bird Named Pain, is <laughs> dealing with the complex emotions and fallout that a care a caregiver goes through when they have a loved one with Alzheimer's. My mother-in-law died of Alzheimer's. Okay. I was the oversight person for her care. My husband was her power of attorney, but he had to work out a, a lot. So I was the in-person and I got to a point where I just, I was not dealing well. <laughs> I got a gift from the spirit of grace. One day after leaving, visiting her, she lived in an assisted living facility. I left there and this story just came up in me. I came home, I sat down at my computer and just wrote out the whole thing. And that's a bird named pain. That's beautiful. And the big part that delivered me from my chaotic awfulness was naming it. I was in so much pain. I, I, I named the bird P-A-Y-N, pain, instead of, you know, pain. But yeah. it was, I was naming something because mm-hmm. that's how I had to go about it. And sometimes you got to go about things maybe not so neatly. It right. can be messy. Life is messy. Healing will be messy. Dealing mm-hmm. with it is messy. You know, but you're right. Naming it, giving it a name. When, once I gave it the name of pain, then it was okay that I had it. Right. <laughs> because when you gave it a name your fingers, you know, you, you started going and then you were able to pass that on. How yeah. beautiful is that? How wonderful that God trusts you to do that. Yeah, it's such an honor to serve people, to help people, to coach people. And if you would have asked me if I would be doing that before I wrote that first book, I'd be going, uh-uh, uh-uh. Exactly. That's what I was going to no. say. You didn't know all of these things. And, and if you had not taken the time to learn all of that, I mean, look at how many books you have now. And you went from, I don't know what to do. I just know that I don't want them to own it because I matter. It's my story. And I want it to continue to be mine. Now look how many you have. That's yours. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Yeah. When I released that first book, I tell people this and it sounds ridiculous, but anyone who has written a book, I have discovered they really understand this. When I released the book and made it available for people to actually read it, my greatest fear was that someone would actually read it. I say that. Yes. Yes. Because I was so vulnerable. I share things in there that my best friend didn't know. People did not know. And as I said, I didn't know half of the book when I started writing it. So that it was fresh still. It was still so fresh, but it, it resonated with people. That quote from my book, trauma is personal that continues about the silent screams. I have found that all over the internet. Mm-hmm. I've had it translated into other languages. People asking me if they can put it into their book. I Love find it, it on someone's website just about every day. It's just that was what propelled me to, I, I have something, I've learned something that's useful that people need. Trauma is personal and it people, they fail to own it because they do do what I did. They dismiss it. And if they have childhood emotional neglect and they had well-meaning parents, they don't mm-hmm. want to own that because they're, th- they feel like they're throwing their parents under the bus. And I get yes. that. 
because I felt I still have those feelings and neither of my parents are alive, but I still feel those feelings, Mm -hmm. but I have to say, no, I am not throwing them under the bus. I am identifying a source and I'm dealing with it. Right. In my book, no matter, I talk about blame and I listened to, uh, no, didn't listen to read read some things by Dr. Caroline Leaf. I don't know if you're familiar with her. She's a brilliant neurosurgeon who deals with uh, mental health and mind health. And she's just brilliant. But I read something of hers about blame and I felt so validated because I'm like, well, I believe this is true, but I hadn't been validated by someone who, you know, knows stuff about the mind and stuff like that. But blame is an important part of your process of healing. Blame is identifying the source, but you don't stay in blame. And that's what Carol, Dr. Caroline Leaf said. You, you can't stay in the blame cycle or you'll never heal. And how I talk about it is if I'm, if, if I'm on a roof with someone else and, you know, they push me off the roof and I land on the ground, you know, and I got a broken arm. Okay. The blame is they pushed me off the roof, but now I'm on the ground. <coughs> With a broken arm, excuse me. Mm-hmm, go right ahead. What is important for me to go blame them or to go get myself healed? That's it. I love it. You know, later you can find out, like you said, like the girl who was yelling at me, I never thought of that. <coughs> well, partially because she's not alive anymore. Oh. <laughs> because I discovered later, but it, it fits perfectly. I never really needed to process that because it wasn't a part of the story anymore. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> she died of a heroin overdose. Wow. So my guess is she probably did have some childhood trauma going on in there. And oh, I was yeah. just the receiver of it. But, right. You know, I didn't need to bash on her. It's just identifying a source. Yeah. <clears throat> you were just placing that where it needed to be, to be placed. <clears throat> and then you moved on with your biggest, it's like the biggest part of the story um, isn't really her yelling. It was what she, it was what she said, but then it was basically how you felt because you owned it and you have I to figure out her. why you owned it. Right? I, believed I, the own lie. I believed the lie because I already believed my parents didn't love me. Right. I already yeah. believed that I didn't belong in my family. I already believed. So she was validating a belief I already had. So she just, she watered a seed that was already there. Exactly. Wow. So when I went through the trauma at the church, it watered the same seed. That's part of what I say in my book, Emerging with Wings. It was, I learned about paper cuts. Have you ever wondered why paper cuts hurt so much? (laughs) No. You never get a paper cut and go, why does that hurt so bad? Right, because it seemed like it's so small and it, it happens so simply right? It's all of a sudden you're open and something you're like, Oh my goodness. So I, I got to hear this. Tell me. <laughs> I, I don't remember all the scientific stuff about it. I put it in the book because I have the scientific and then the simple explanation, which okay. is it hits a bullseye of the pain center and the nerves, wherever you cut yourself because of that part of the nervous system that it touches. It, it's, it's like a bullseye of the pain. Hit it just I use right. the word bullseye. Cause that's one of the the title of the chapter nine, which was my church trauma, which was also a bullseye trauma that hit me in the most optimal place it could have 
possibly done to do the damage it did throughout mm-hmm. my whole life. Wow. So, so I have I to ask- about how I had like a thousand paper cuts is how I felt. I had a thousand paper cuts because they were like, no, it doesn't matter. Bull- no, it doesn't bullseyes. Just, jeez. <laughs> so what made you choose the name Danielle? Because you got to choose whatever you want. Oh, yes. Yes. That was such a journey, which is so funny that I didn't document it. Why didn't I document it? <laughs> I can't find any documentation of it, but I remember oh, it. No. I prayed about it because names were very important to me because all of this name trauma. I prayed about it through names. I, I liked certain names, but it was extremely important to me what the name meant. Okay. I was like that with naming my children too, but God picked their first names, but he let me pick the middle names. So, <laughs> <clears throat> and I, I read the definitions of the names and then I would say the names and I'd look at myself in the mirror and try and imagine calling myself that. Okay. Do you look like a Victoria? Do you look right. like a Sylvia? Do you look like a Brenda? <laughs> you know, whatever the names were, I don't remember all the different yeah. names. But when I got to Danielle, and then I shortened to, I was like, Danny, Danny, Danielle. It's like, it kind of like stuck in, Danielle means God is my judge. Mm. And what the Lord told me when I was choosing this name and he helped me choose it. He said that only he is allowed to judge me. No one is allowed to judge me. No one is allowed to judge me. I am not allowed to judge myself. Only he is allowed to judge me. And he doesn't. He put my judgment on Jesus. Oh, that's good. I love that's my whole. That's whole. <laughs> yes. That, yeah. That it, was, it. it was through the love of God that I healed. That's why the last part of the subtitle is, and the love that heals, because the book is written like a love story. It's got a character. It's got a hero, a villain, and then, you know, the sufferer. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. But the love that heals is a hero in, in the story. And it's, I had to own the, the love of God. I didn't believe the love of God for me either. Really? For the, for, it took, 34 years for the Lord to convince me that I believed the love of God. And I have learned since you then. You talk about am, that in a book. I'm not alone in that. In Love's Manifesto. Love's Manifesto. Love's Manifesto. So I'm going to. I talk about it some in uh, Emerging with Wings, but Love's Manifesto is like the little story of that. <clears throat> so my mother will probably, she'll, she, she's never mad when I bring up certain things, but I've always um, had this beautiful relationship with God and it's just grace nothing has ever shaken um I've been through a lot of things but nothing has ever really shaken that belief no one can tell me that there isn't a God you know because of the things that I've gone through and when you've gone through enough and survived enough you just nobody can tell you (laughs) you know nobody can tell me different now than what I've been through I mean I went through a period where I didn't want him to exist so I tried to prove he didn't exist because if he did exist I was in trouble so (laughs) right so my mom she used to always ask where do you get this faith from you know and I think she went through the whole situation about just that that relationship she wanted she she wasn't sure about the relation her relationship so I want to get her that book because if you talk about it I think that you know will be good for her because you don't you don't have a lot of people that will admit 
eh, I was a little shaky with God, you know? <laughs> it's like... Well, it's not so much that is people will say, I believe God loves me. But then what happens when you're going through something hard? Do you still believe God loves you? Or do you believe God's mad at you and that's why you're going through that? Or do you believe that he left the building because, you know, he's got more important things to do or whatever variation on a theme that is. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I didn't really believe the love of God. I wanted to so desperately, but it was connected to that bullseye trauma that happened in the church. I was publicly rejected in front of the entire church as a child. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Lord showed me what happened in my soul when that happened, the bullseye of that. Because like, like I said, you can go through a traumatic experience and not be traumatized. There are people who they go through a humiliating experience and then it becomes, Oh, what was your most humiliating story? And they laugh. But then there's other could go through the same thing and it scars them, but you can heal from any of them. I believe that if you want to be healed, you can be healed by the power of the love of God. You lean into the love of God and I don't, I can't tell you how long it will take, but it will happen. (laughs) I think, you know, every day you'll learn. Um, I think a lot of the pains that I've gone through is for strength. I think some of the other pains or traumas I've gone through, and I told you this before, is so that people who meet me in the future, um, it will help them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's a lot of different reasons that we go through different things, but I don't think that it's that any of it is. Uh, I think all of it is for some type of purpose. Oh. That's just my belief. I believe that if we give it to God, He'll redeem it. Absolutely. So I don't. I don't think that everything that happens to us specifically happens because God ordains it or something like that. Oh, but no. I believe he will redeem it. And uh, I know he told me he would redeem mine and mm-hmm. went through a whole thing with the whole thing. It was, yeah. it was beautiful. The Lord gave me a vision of where he was. He was there when it took place and he wow. gave me a vision of where he was and what he said to me. And That's it was awesome. just amazing because he loves us so much. And that is my, that's why I'm that lady on the internet who loves you. I show up all the time during shelter in place. It was every day, 70 days. In a row. That's amazing. Saying, saying, I love you. I tell you, I love you because I do. And I do love you because I know what, how much we need to be loved. And I know what it is to be loved now and to be loved when I feel unlovable. God never That's gives beautiful. up on us. He loves us all the time. And I believe that love. And so I just, I want to be a conduit of that love all over the planet, just by every media I can do to just get that love out there. And get I know people those are ways. resistant to it. Yeah. Yes. Get it out. That's right. I love it. Yeah. That's good stuff. Um, so you said that you have programs for your, yes. within your coaching, right? Do yes. you want to tell a little bit about it? Well, I have my self-process, the C, Expose, Love, and Free. I have that in my course. I have a Heal Your Childhood Self course. I have, um, I'm working on the Heal Your Adult Self. It's based on my Because You Matter book. I have a seven-day challenge to love yourself. It's just it's a short little thing. It's only $27, not expensive. Go through seven days uh, to discover why you don't love yourself and to start loving yourself. 
Mm. And you even get a, um, <clears throat> a session of coaching with me with that, that little course. And I do nice. workshops, trauma-informed workshops to um, the trauma-informed self, the, the calm your fearful self. I have a bunch of those and uh, do speaking. But the self is C is to become aware. The expose okay. is to find out why. You know, you see, you see what you got going on in your life. And then you have to expose, well, why is that going on? <laughs> and then right. the L is lavishing the love of God on people. Lavishing love for self. I'm a self-love coach, a trauma-informed self-love coach. You need to love yourself. That's why I say love yourself from survive to thrive. We have to love ourselves. God yeah. loves us. <laughs> yeah. And we, but the reason of doing that is just not to make you feel good. It gives you courage. When you mm -hmm. fill up on the love, that gives you the courage you need to do the F. Yes. And the F is free. It's the mm -hmm. action plan to put feet, to put action, to start the healing process. And it could, you know, in your first time through, you could just do one thing and then you go through it again. See, where did that get you? Why did it work like that? Lavish the love on you. What's our next action plan? So, so and it's the self. It's to heal the self because the self is where our choice resides because God gave us one life and it's up to us what we do with it. Very true. I love that. So when, okay, so you said that they can do, you could, they can do it over and over, right? So is there paperwork? Do you give a workbook or? Well, I have my course. You buy the course and you can go through it three different okay. ways. Okay. Uh, it's uh, metered. You can go through it metered and it goes, um, it's 12 weeks long. So that it takes mm -hmm. you through so that you will immerse yourself in, mm -hmm. you know, identifying what you need to identify and getting yourself free. But then there were people who are impatient. So we have the fast track. So it's not metered and you can do it as fast as you want. Okay. But okay. then you can also do it with coaching and then I will go through it with you. That's so good. And where can they find these programs? On my website, daniellebernack.com. That is awesome. And my coaching, um, I do my coaching through Zoom. I do it um, online. That's perfect. This has been such a pleasure. I have learned <laughs> so much. <laughs> um, you, you've made me think about things, you know, in different ways. And I've got some, some self-exposure to do. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. I'm, I'm really, really happy good. I could be helpful and bring light. Mm -hmm. Cause that's what I want to do. I want to bring light. I want to bring light and bring love. I want to bring light to the hidden places because I want to expose those hidden traumas so people can heal and embrace our God-given greatness. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for being on here on the Codependent Me podcast. I pray that people will reach out because I think that there's so much to learn um, about trauma and I mean, even like you said, it's just exposure. It could be, it could be anything. And like you said, it could be two people. It, siblings could go through the same thing. One person can have trauma. One will not. So, and no, I, I don't, I pray that no one will allow anyone to uh, lessen their trauma, right? Because some people can say, oh, well, I, I, and I've had this happen to me. That's why I can say that. Uh, it wasn't that bad. You know, why do you feel that way? Well, it's the way that I feel. 
and right. because I matter, <laughs> it you know I have to deal with that. So and and but, what is the fallout? What is the the evidence? There's it manifests. If you're right. what I say is if it, you still have leakage in your life, you have these behaviors in your life that are a result of trauma. You have trauma responses. And it's not right. healed and it's not addressed. If you address yes. it, then you can get, you can make new responses. Right. Listen to your body, people. Listen to your body. If you hear something and you start to, you know, I've, I've, I've had something, I've had a smell come up and I'm like, you know, and it'll hit me. And I'm like, oh, that means something. You know, uh-huh. you have to identify that. Don't just shoo, shoo it off. Uh-huh. That means something. And, you know, I'm Definitely. not saying it's something bad all the time. Sometimes something good. But if something hits you, pay attention right. to how it hits. Amen. You know? Yeah. So Amen. thank you so much. So, so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate oh. you. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed this so much. You're, you're, you're very easy to talk to. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> um, and I'm going to uh, listen to your podcast. Your podcast is called Victorious Souls. You can get it anywhere they have podcasts. (laughs) Excellent. And all of your books are on uh, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, just anywhere. Emerging with Wings and Because You Matter are. Okay. uh, A Bird Named Pain is only on Amazon and Kindle and Audible. Okay. And Love's Manifesto is available only at my website and it's always free. Go get that book, you guys. And then look into the other ones and grab those too. I am about to go grab Love's Manifesto myself. Um, I think that is fantastic. Uh, Thank you so much. Um, It has been such a pleasure. I want to tell everyone that I want you to remember that you matter and your story matters. And just like Danielle, sometimes you just got to go type it on out and you can let the world know exactly what's going on and they can help. You can help heal them as well. So thank you so much. Have a great day. Bye. I understand that nothing is more valuable than your time. So thank you for listening. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Codependent Me. And check out my website at codependentme.org. Thanks so much. Have a great day.